0: Welcome to the Small Nonprofit Podcast, with down-to-earth practical advice on how to get things done in your small organization. You are going to change the world, and we can help. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Cindy Wagman, and I'm joined by my co-host, Anya McGlynn. Hello, everyone. So today's guest really needs no introduction. I think everyone knows Paul Nazareth. He's been on the podcast before, and Mm. he is... uh, I would say, one of the most influential people in our sector in Canada. Definitely. Um, And we've talked with him before about planned giving, but today we're going to talk to him about something that I actually think is even more uncomfortable for most people than even planned giving, (laughs) which is networking. Yes, you can hear
1: my discomfort. Yes.
0: (laughs) I think everyone, like very few people, when you say the word networking, light up. Usually they want to hide. And Paul is really the opposite. Like, he's Mm -hmm. so strategic and deliberate with his networking. But, and here's a big, big but that I think is the basis of this whole podcast episode, is that he does it from a place of service. Mm -hmm. And he does it with a sense of reciprocity. And so it never feels icky. Yeah. Yeah. And like... That's the key
1: thing, because for me, I always – I'm, like, at a – even if it's a party of, like, friends, and so there's there's people who are friends of friends that I don't know yet, I just – like, there's such a part of me that's like, oh, my God, now I have to go and have small talk about – the weather or the sports or <laughs> the vacation or whatever. And it, it can often feel like you can actually like physically, viscerally feel your resistance to the small talk. <laughs> At least I can. Oh, yeah. I mean, like if we're going to go in and talk about like highly intellectual, like really <laughs> like political nuances, then I'm I'm, there. You're all, for I'm, it. I'm all for it. <laughs> but like that small talk that often start kicks off networking, I find very
0: it's it's hard. And like, I get people all the time, because I'm a fundraiser, and now a business owner, people think I love it. Mm. Right? People think I love small talk, and I love networking. And I don't. It's mm. even if you look at someone, and from the outside, they look like they thrive in that environment. Yeah. It's a learned behavior for most of us, right? right. We learn how to be comfortable. Um, in those settings, we learn how to make uh, con- meaningful connections with small talk mm-hmm. um, and that's what Paul's going to talk about and also how you leverage o- like online stuff mm-hmm. to actually more strategically position yourself but also how to skip over some of the small talk so that you have more meaningful and deeper conversations
1: yeah it's very interesting like that balance between like doing you know sort of meeting people with a- an attitude to service and what you can do for them um, but it It's always, to some extent, about what they can do for you as well, right? And so, like, balancing what feels like quite a Mm -hmm. self-serving dialogue and, and balancing, like, the way in which both people in that dialogue know that there's this like undercurrent of what you can do from, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's very, I think that that's like the sort of behavioral dynamics that we all have to acknowledge in this context. But mm-hmm. like, what if we can acknowledge it and like move on and then be like, but,
0: but genuinely, like, how can we support each other? Right? Exactly. Exactly. And I think really this sense that, for me, when I learned about networking, I did take classes on it, actually, my MBA. um, The biggest insight I took away was that reciprocity is not tit for tat. It's not I'm going to give you something and you're going to give me something back. It's that we're going to put out into the universe and we're going to give to others and it's going to come back to us in some other way. Mm -hmm. You can call it karma or anything like that. But I think that that approach for me has been really helpful because I don't always expect things back Mm -hmm. from people. And I do try, like, if someone wants to, you know, quote-unquote pick my brain and have a coffee and learn about my work, I don't expect anything in return. I always say, okay, this is how I'm going to help other people. And I know and I've experienced that someone's going to help me when I need help. And that sense that it's not like – it's always – you know, if you're strategic and deliberate, there is a sense of like, I need this from that person, or I'd like this from that person. Mm -hmm. But always remembering that it's not just that one person you're talking to, but how do you, you know, put out into the universe, and it sounds really, woo woo, but it's true. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, how do you just be a good person and approach it as how do I help other people Mm -hmm. be successful and thrive? And what do I have that I can give? Yeah. So
1: yeah, 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 no, absolutely. That's a that's a great way to look at it, and yeah. um, I'm sure Paul expresses it with even more heart. So. Yes,
0: <laughs> Paul, welcome back to the podcast.
2: Excited to be here, Cindy.
0: I'm so excited to have you on. First of all, you were one of our very first guests on this podcast, uh, talking about plant giving, which everyone loved. Um, but today we're going to be talking about networking and personal branding, which is something that I've been meaning to talk about on the podcast. But for some reason, um, it's sort of, anyways, it didn't happen until now. I'm so glad we're having this conversation. Um, networking is one of those things that people always think is like icky and uncomfortable, um, but that doesn't have to be the case, right? So, can you talk a little bit about what? good networking looks like?
2: Absolutely. You know, it's interesting that uh, I'm getting back out there and starting to do some teaching in the nonprofit sector around this and actually have totally rebranded it around connecting. Mm. And when people think of it as connecting for their organization, as a leadership professional, but also as an individual and their own skills, Mm -hmm. then everybody reframes the conversation.
0: That is so true because that's what it is. It's about a meaningful connection with someone, not about, oh God, I used to, in one of my past jobs, I got invited to a lot of networking events and people would literally just go and hand out their business card to one person after the other. And I get that's icky. That's not what we want to do. Tell us a little bit more about how we can connect with people in a meaningful way. Maybe not an event specifically like that, but when we're out and about in the world, right? Like it doesn't have to be as staged or structured as that.
2: Absolutely, you know it's when there's a lot of people who come to me as part of their role as they step into leadership, Mm -hmm. and say, "I'm being told I have to do more networking, and I don't like it." Uh, Mm -hmm. Also, in terms of different things like personal branding, I don't want to do that. And yet, when we flip it and say this is about service and skill building, you know, this was a a topic that Beth Cantor years ago tackled in her book, "The Network to Nonprofit," Mm -hmm. and why it was so important for nonprofits to be connected. Network not only in terms of leadership and mission, but also skills. We don't have the capacity in the sector to be able to cover everything off. So, everybody needs to know from an advocacy, from a program, from a management perspective, who has what skills. And when you come at it from a p- place of saying, How are we helping each other? Again, everybody thinks that networking has to come either from self interest or generosity. And mm-hmm. in fact, there's a middle path, and that's reciprocity. Mm I think when we think of it as connecting, when we think of it as circulation as opposed to sales, then people get a lot more comfortable.
0: You and I have talked about that reciprocity principle offline because I'm such a big believer in that as well. Can you tell us a little bit about what reciprocity is and how it relates to this idea of connecting?
2: You know, very much well told in Adam Grant's book, Give and Take. Mm-hmm. And this is one probably one of the best books on networking I've read in the past decade. And again, it helps to level set people's expectations to say, "Why am I going to this event? Why are we connecting with other organizations? Why do I, as a leader, even need to have a brand?" And so, the reciprocity is about how do you help others, but how do you also get the things that you need? And when you keep it as simple as that, you no know, bragging, aggrandizement, anything. Uh, you know, again, in the nonprofit sector, we're just trying to do good. Mm-hmm. And this is about trying to do more good.
0: Yeah, and I love, for me, reciprocity is not necessarily give and take from that same conversation. It's this principle that if we're all doing this, it's all it's going to come back, right? Almost like karma, uh, except I'm not an expert in karma. <laughs> but, you know, that that I don't have to give something to you with the expectation that you're going to give something back to me. But that if we continually give to each other, Things will come back when we need them. Is that fair?
2: You bet. And in fact, there's there's even a there's quite a pleasurable element to this about doing good for people and brands and organizations that you really care about. Again, why do we give as donors? We give to help organizations achieve their mission.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, there's
2: a whole bunch of individuals out there who I actually consider to be some of the greatest leaders in certain skill building areas. And by promoting and supporting them, I'm only helping all the people in my network to gain from their knowledge. Uh, mm-hmm. Does it, you know, sell more books and things for those great authors? You bet it does. But my network is gaining from the expertise of unequivocal experts.
0: Mm-hmm. So
2: there's there's a lot of you know mutual benefit tied to this.
0: Yeah. It really, really is karmic. It really is about, it, about giving and starting from a place of service. So I think that really connects back to that sense of connecting because it's not about asking for what you need all the time. It's about hearing others and supporting others. And that's what good connection is, right? So tell me a little, bit about more, a little bit more about how we can connect with people in these busy spaces.
2: And use the perfect word to open this part of the discussion, busy.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: People
2: always tell me, Paul, I don't have time to network. Uh, So organizations tell me that they don't have time to network and then they're faced with a crisis in which they need skills, people, and funding. Mm -hmm. Leaders tell me that they don't have time to network and then they have a crisis where they need to advance a cause or advocate for something and they have no profile and contacts to help them. Mm -hmm. And then individuals tell me, Paul, I have a job, I have a family, I don't have time to network. And then they find themselves out in the cold that something has happened, there's been a shift, they've been let go, and now they're out trying to uh, get jobs in the worst way possible, which is the interview process. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of this is about proactivity to do what you do the best and be your best self. Organizations need to be connected to fulfill their mission. Leaders need to have social capital in order to leverage for their leadership. And individuals need to be connected, not just in job safety, but actually in skill development. So mm-hmm. there's a need at every level. And the enemy of this is busyness, but we need to schedule it in to realize it's part of our job.
0: Absolutely. So let's go into some of the mechanics of that because there's scheduling it in and then there's building it into some of the stuff we're already doing, which I think are both important, right? So let's start with the scheduling it in. When you start to think about where should you be, how often should you be there? What groups should you be in front of? What are some questions we can ask ourselves to say, okay, I'm in the right place or I'm at the right event, or I'm doing these things well, instead of networking for the sake of networking, instead of meaningful connection?
2: You know what's interesting? When I spend time with donors, I meet quite a number of them who have just realized that their number of charities they give to has ballooned
1: Mm -hmm. because they
2: just give to whoever asks. Mm
1: -hmm. Well,
2: you know, when it comes to networking, a lot of people just meet with people that ask for their time. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: They're not really strategic about how they're connecting with people, what events they're attending, where they need to be Mm -hmm. seen. So organizations need to have a plan to say, who should we be working with to advance our mission And how are we going to see them this year? Start of the year, calendar preparation. What conferences do we need to be at? What projects do we need to be collaborating on? We need to set a goal to work with these two or three other organizations this year and tell the organization. Again, fascinating to me that people have these ideas of who they want to meet and then just throw it out to the universe for it to happen, for them to bump into each other at a conference with the plan. So organizations need a plan to say, who do we need to work with? next. Leaders need to say, "Who do I need to be connected to in order to have the kind of social capital to achieve my mission?" And again, same thing: Who should we be supporting? What other leaders should we be propping up that advances our mission really well? Uh, and a great strategy for this is contained in uh, Lisa Watson's article in the Ontario Nonprofit Network, talking about shared platform loans through connecting and networking. And then, lastly, individuals need to build their network really for skill development, yes, for that job security, but also to make sure that they're covering off the deficiencies that we all have. You may be a technical expert, Mm -hmm. but you have a colleague who's a relationship building expert. You may be good with data, but not necessarily managing it in a database. You need a whole group of people to fill in all the holes, and you need to be helping other people with the skills that you have as well. So there needs to be a strategy to all this. And it doesn't have to take, you know, a big retreat to plan it all out. An organization needs to sit down in January, spend some time as a team doing it. You'll save yourself hours. Mm-hmm. A leader needs to sit down as well and ask these tough questions of who I need to be connected to and with to build social capital. And then as an individual, we just need to do this. And again, we do this in the wrong way. Every January, people do this weird thing of setting these these start of the year Mm -hmm. goals that are both dieting and stuff like that, when really this is a health element that we need. Who is going to help us not just with skill building, relationship building, who's going to make us feel great? Who are the people that we want to hang out with? I have a list of people every year that says, this is like recess. I want to play with these people this Mm -hmm. year. You know, I want to be intellectually engaged with people I admire and people who I know I can learn from and people I can be valued to.
0: Excellent. So then how do we get in front of those people? How do we connect with them?
2: Well, you know, it's interesting. The number one method to cheat and save time Mm -hmm. is digital media. Mm
0: -hmm. Everybody
2: wants to skip social media. Everybody wants to hate on the thing. And again, it's because they're letting it control the dialogue and they're not controlling it. For organizations, uh, blogging and content creation is the way to cheat. For leaders, being in spaces like LinkedIn,
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And blogging and writing for industry publications like Charity Village, and uh, for individuals, places yes, like Twitter. Mm-hmm. Professionals and executives tell me that they just don't want to be on Twitter, and they treat it like such a juvenile thing. It is over a decade old, and it has you know members of Parliament, leaders in business, brands to to be engaged. The alternative is spending every night of the week out at events. So, you know, exactly. (laughs) So people tell me they don't want to go network, but they don't want to do anything. Well, you got to do something. There has to be some way to connect. So again, as long as you're connecting, exchanging knowledge and information, as opposed to business cards, you know, there's a lot of leaders who I actually reach out to and ask them to go on the speaking circuit and tell them, I know you're busy. But you are the unequivocal expert in this space, and people respect you. And you have a powerful voice. You know, Harvard Business just wrote this article, which, which is having huge readership, that says if you want to raise your speaking game, think of it as serving others. That mm-hmm. you are sharing not only your wisdom, but the curated wisdom of what you've read and who you know.
0: Hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're engaging. In social, and it's not just, you know, following someone online, but actually, we'll tell, I mean, I can guess what it is, but tell me what what you do on these platforms so that it's not just like liking some posts and you actually get some attention.
2: It's very much centered around content. So, for example, what's really exciting right now is that a lot of different conferences will have a hashtag. And you can actually be engaged at that conference, even if you're not at launch. Mm. So there's a lot of ones out there, actually ones within different parts of the country. And following along means that I get to listen to experts. I get to follow new experts. I get to meet new talent, the young professionals who are at that conference that are actually, again, curating and digesting the knowledge of the experts by sharing their thoughts from their perspective where they are right now. And then around other content like articles and books and things like that, it is not about the reactive and the gossip and the dialogue and all of that. I ignore that. And Twitter is absolutely a negative garbage fire to most people. But for the people that actually understand and come at it from the framework of connecting and knowledge exchange, it is a godsend. hmm
0: So... Do these relationships ever come offline? Is that the goal? Yeah. Absolutely.
2: You know, what's exciting is people will often meet me at a conference and say, you know, Paul, I I actually feel like I don't need to catch up because I know what you've been doing, who you've been Mm -hmm. talking to, and what you have for breakfast. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I really, I share a lot in a transparent way so that people can know when we connect with each other what we need to talk about. And spend yeah. as little time as possible on the usual chit chat that we used to catching up. And now we can say, "I saw you read that article. You were talking to this author. Then you were talking to two other charities about how they do this. What did you learn from that that I can apply to our organization?" Mm-hmm. And so it actually makes conversations so much more productive because folks are up to speed when they're connected by content.
1: Stop the podcast. I just wanted to take a second to remind our listeners uh, who may not know that this podcast is brought to you by The Good Partnership and Charity Village.
0: So a lot of people don't know that both of our organizations are deeply committed to making sure that there are tons of great resources available to small nonprofits in our sector. And so I want you to take a minute to go and access some of those great free resources. For The Good Partnership, you can visit thegoodpartnership.com. And for charityvillage.com, there's so many webinars and of course, the podcast, articles, the list is endless. And of course, you can post jobs there, volunteer positions, posting is free. So make sure that you are checking out both websites to deepen your learning and continue to access great free stuff. Great tips, Sydney now on the podcast. That's obviously the case if you're following someone and it's very targeted, but there are still going to be situations where we are at a conference or somewhere out and about and we meet someone and we realize that they should be someone we, we should get to know and connect with. How do we start that conversation? How do we kick it off in a meaningful way?
2: Again, it's about that connection. It's about Mm -hmm. the things that we share. So there truly are so many of us, especially in this sector too, who are doing similar work or actually contradicting work that could help each other. Mm
1: -hmm. And when
2: we come to it is how can we help each other do our jobs better? You're in programming, I'm in fundraising. You're in data, I'm in management. There's so many complementary ways in which we can seek to understand and then be understood and then exchange value. And when we frame it from there, so truly, I literally follow experts, I make a list of people I want to see at conferences. And when I connect with them, uh, and again, it's not trying not to see just bumping into each other, mm-hmm. I will reach out. This is what actually all the direct messaging elements of all these platforms are for. I can't believe how many people don't use direct messaging in Twitter, direct messaging in LinkedIn, direct messaging in Instagram. You know, mm-hmm. we don't. Sh- we shouldn't be bumping into our our leaders and the people we admire. At conferences. We should be saying, "I'm going to be at this coffee break in this area. Can we chat for five minutes?" That's
0: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. so great. So, th- I want to loop it back to what we talked about at the beginning, which is the reciprocity. How do we? Is there a structured way or an intentional way that we can? Shift that connection to a sense of service or giving, uh, or is it organic?
2: needs to be both, as always. Mm -hmm. Again, what we need to be, the way that we prime organic value is to actually get better at distilling and knowing what our skills and offerings are.
1: Mm -hmm. When I ask
2: people to say, what would you say you're an expert in? People get very bashful, which is Mm -hmm. weird uh, and awkward. Uh, and mm-hmm. and you know, I tell them this—you know—this uh, uh, is where I consider you to be an expert. You've done studies in this. You have a degree in X. You worked on X project that won an award. You're pretty much one of Canada's top ten people in this area. Well, when we have those expertise,s and there's a wonderful author named Lolly Daskal, who has uh, several books and a blog on leadership, and she talks about confidence through competence. Mm-hmm. And again, on the personal branding front, this is not at all about about bragging. This is simply about saying what we are good at and representing it. So we need to distill a list of what we're good at and then share it with our network. Put it out on LinkedIn. These are my top skills, and I'm happy to help anybody in these areas. And then once you prime that, more organic connections will, will come in. Just last night, I was talking to a colleague of mine who, whose skills I know, and I'm putting out there and I'm making connections for them. And they said to me, well, you know, you're out there right now. I saw you speaking at a business school on networking could you do this kind of support talk for a nonprofit? And I Mm -hmm. said, absolutely, that's what I do. And they reminded me that I hadn't really put that out there. Mm
0: -hmm. If we are
2: doing things and they're really quite structured, we need to tell people what we can do. So telling people, again, not pushing, uh, not bragging, just simply putting it out there. That's exactly what digital media is for. It's a post on LinkedIn. You're not bothering anybody. You're not trying to sell anything. You're not messaging anyone here are the things I can do to help you. And the next time they connect with you, it'll be an organic connection, but it'll be so much more efficient.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I've said this a couple of times, but I really want to reinforce what you're talking about is giving, right? It's not about what can you do for me? What could like, I need this help. How can you help me? It's about, Hey, here's how I can help you. Here are the skills that I have to offer. And, you know, that is the starting point. And it's so important to reinforce that message because so often what we think about with networking is like, I need, I need, I need. And that's not at all what I'm hearing you say.
2: In fact, it's it's the exact opposite. And you know, over the years of doing it now I've gone to another place where mm-hmm. I'm actually out there conspiring for other people. And I mm-hmm. tell them I'll email people in January and tell them, just so you know, this year, you and me are going to have to work together on a project. Or uh, I'm asking you why you've never won X award and can I nominate you this year? And uh, there's a number of people out there you know, telling them, I consider you be the leader in X as long as you're okay with it. If I'm not bothering you, I want to put you out there and talk to about you as this expert. And we need to conspire for people's success. So I have a list of people every year well, I'm like, I'm going to get these people this year. <laughs> you know, there's so many people out there who, you know, just they deserve that recognition and they're not looking for it, but the world needs real experts. Cause also too, we know there's a lot of fake experts. Mm-hmm. out there. <laughs>
1: you know, we all
2: see, there's a lot of folks who are just promoting and selling and, you know, I can't, you know, put down, I'm not going to go out there and put down the bad people, but I sure as heck, I'm going to spend all my waking energy lifting up the good people and promoting the experts and when people know that they're one of those people and they can be humble or maybe even um, a bit bashful about it sometimes, they don't want to be self-promoters. But if they are an expert, the world needs their expertise.
0: Mm-hmm. Again, it's that service. And I will say, I've had people come and mention to me that uh, they that you gave us a shout out at a speech or at a workshop or something like that. So first of all, I appreciate it. Um, but I, I know that you, that you live that, that it, I hear about it all the time um, from what you do and I've seen you do it. So it's pretty, it's pretty powerful.
2: There's a huge, we got to remember this. There's also again, that, that benefit that comes of doing this with great people, right? Mm-hmm. Again, this is the number one non-governmental podcast in the Canada, number one podcast in uh, nonprofit, mm-hmm. you know, sharing that with people is again, connecting them with an excellent uh, resource.
0: yeah.
2: Right? This, there's a lot of places where we can share uh, with with great joy. And again, it, it brings you great joy too to see these things happen. And last year I hit double digits on my nomination for awards of people I know are unequivocal experts and wouldn't put their name out there. But to see them recognized and the joy that they have is for me, it's the kind of stuff that will make me die happy.
0: I love how you've completely reframed this Topic, right, and it's it really is about uplifting those around us and doing good in the world, which is why we are in this sector, and to figure out a way for networking to align with that and with our values and our mission. You know, hopefully, all of our listeners are hearing this and like, okay, I can do that. I can totally do that, um, and it's not going to feel icky or uncomfortable. It's going to feel delightful, which is what you're saying how it feels for you. So that's yeah. f- and fantastic. I want, we only have a, a little bit of time left, but I do want to touch on the personal branding because I do think that that's part of the networking experience. I mean, even the way that you talk about people being known for things. So how does that uh, intertwine with this?
2: Part of it is, again, is if you're trying to be of service to others, you need to distill what your superpowers are. You don't want to be representing, you know, your number two or three skill. If you're the best at something, then represent that. And, you know, Mm -hmm. also, we won't know what that is until we canvass our network, until we do a 360 from people. How do you know me? uh, And talking to people that know us well so that we can be our best. Again, people ask me often, why do I recommend so many personal skill building resources? You know, things like Mark Bowden on body language and uh, Lali Descal on leadership. You know, in uh, British Columbia, Vantage Point, which is a wonderful nonprofit network, Mm -hmm. has a whole conference called BOSS, and Mm -hmm. it's all about leadership and management and technical skill in the nonprofit sector. This is about confidence through competence. Mm -hmm. So it's about you distilling what your superpowers are, you distilling what your strengths are, and being nothing more than that, but simply knowing how to represent that well. It's, you know, representation of branding doesn't mean having a website and headshots. <laughs> it means having a, a responsible LinkedIn profile mm-hmm. that says, you know, I have, you know, I have a colleague, she's one of the most amazing uh, leaders in nonprofits. She has a master's in leadership from an, a European university, an MBA uh, in business. Like she's got all the absolute skills and is the person who is most qualified to be speaking and teaching in these leadership areas, all we have to do is make sure that we're representing those things well. So the basic level is having a responsible, complete LinkedIn profile of our skills and dis- skill- distilling how we can help people the most.
0: Yeah, yeah. The other thing for me that I get a lot from people, and I think it's important when we talk about personal branding is authenticity. So often I'll meet people at now at conferences or in different areas and they will say, oh, I listened to the podcast. And they'll remark later, you're exactly how you sound. (laughs) Um, And what they see or what they listen to in the podcast is the same as how they interact with them in person. And I think that that's such an important part of your personal brand as well, that you are authentic to yourself and your tone and your your expertise across all these different platforms?
2: You know, the challenge is in most organizations, nobody but the boss or the leader gets any mm. sort of profile. Mm. So part of it is is that people aren't being inauthentic. It's just that they they don't have any platform yeah. to share who they are. And again, that's exactly it. We have talent that is hidden in basements and under desks where it really needs to be not shouted out and in lights, but simply accessible to others. I, I've been really proud to see leaders in my network starting to, to share their superpowers. A colleague named Preeti Gill uh, in BC who wrote a book on prospect research because she's an expert in prospect research. She's not the CEO of a prospect research charity, right? Mm-hmm. So it's really representing the best of what our skills are, putting it out there and we don't even hang a shingle and create websites again and everything, just representing ourselves the best. So using platforms like LinkedIn. And again, I really begged a lot of professionals to say, please, you don't have to say anything on Twitter. Just make a profile that says, my expertise is this. And all that needs to do is share the articles you're reading, share the books you're reading. Here's why I think these are of value. If you come first from a place of value, it's really powerful. And that authenticity, you know, uh, Stephen Covey is famous for the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Mm -hmm. his son actually wrote a really powerful book for people who work in charity fundraising uh, relationship building called the speed of trust.
0: Mm. It's a wonderful
2: audio book as well. And he talks about how trust is built when you do what you say. Yes. And so when people say things like you are just like who you are on the podcast, well, the podcast is talking about who you are and what you do. And then when they meet you, you got like 30 seconds to, to resonate with that, to, to be mm-hmm. all of that or not. And yeah. so they've got to be the same. And you don't know how they are the same unless you're being yourself. And actually, most people haven't done the work to know, well, what am I? Who am I? Mm-hmm. right? And so knowing ourselves a bit better, doing a little bit of that reflection. And again, you know, honing up the brand. What do I represent? What are the skills I have? How am I here to help people?
0: I feel like you just wrapped it up. That was, you know, the the perfect summary of our conversation. I almost want to do like a mic drop. So, yeah, I think Paul, thank you. I feel like that really ties things together nicely, which is, you know, how we put ourselves out there in the world, um, in service of others. They say the high tide rises all boats. I'm probably butchering that, but I really do think that that's the perfect analogy. You know, when we uplift those around us, we get taken along for that ride. So thank you.
2: Absolutely. Well, I'm excited to be across Canada this year through this, what I call connect working and helping people and helping teams to figure out how to do this better as individuals, as organizations. And I'm excited to be having these discussions and to learn from people how they do it well.
0: Excellent. So where can our listeners connect with you? Uh, I know you're going to say uh, Twitter and LinkedIn. What are your handles?
2: So uh, Twitter is you invited you, the letter you invited you. And that's kind of my personal philosophy that I'm not Mm -hmm. trying to push anybody to anything. I help them to invite themselves to the table of success. On Instagram, I'm Nazareth Networks and on LinkedIn, I'm Paul Nazareth.
0: Amazing. Paul, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. Awesome. Have a great day. Well, folks, that's it for today's episode of The Small Nonprofit. I'm your host, Cindy Wagman, and this show is brought to you by The Good Partnership. As a reminder, if you want more resources around raising more money for your small nonprofit, visit thegoodpartnership.com and download our free fundraising strategy guide. I'll see you next week.